Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. Hello, sexes. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of amazing guests here, but this one is is pretty spectacular. I have a pretty amazing connection with this human, and like we even shared a bed. This is like, I mean, now we're on a second. <laughs> 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 this is my sister and we did share a bed growing up, but I was definitely the one who was like, don't touch my feet. I always, <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot about that, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, because uh-huh. I felt like you would try to cuddle with me and then you would like, yeah. try to do feet to feet. And for some reason, I felt like that was really intimate. Like that was really what was in my head. I was like, Ooh, that feels really intimate. That's not where, and I was like, that feels like a, a line in some ways, like the feet, which is wild. Oh, that is interesting. I love that we're starting with this. I didn't know this is how you felt about the feet. I do remember you saying this and actually I have always been the cuddler. I mean, I mean, not that, to say that you're not a cuddler, but to this day, I'm like, give me all the snuggles. Give me all the mm-hmm. snubs. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. But you know, we were, we're seven years apart. And so you were much younger than me too. So you were just like, hello. <laughs> okay. Do you remember, was I more of the big spoon or were you the big spoon? I don't know. I mean, mostly we were just like laying there eating our bread in bed while I told you stories. <laughs> Or sucking on ice cubes wrapped in, uh, half wrapped in a paper towel or napkin. Exactly. Exactly. This ice is an excellent popsicle. way to start talking about sex on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. oh, God, here we are. You know what I love about this too is the podcast episode right before this is um as a solo podcast where I am sharing about where I, I shared about um kind of my my new growth in boundaries and in my relationship with my ex and where that currently is and and that being like relationship conversation and maybe less sex in in that kind of conversation, but how that leads into our our self-knowing and our self-intimacy and then to have you Mm. here as like the episode directly following and and even to step off into this it's like talking about feet talking about boundaries talking about like relationship Mm -hmm. navigation and as sisters and um like you need to sing right now (laughs) sisters sisters never never such devoted sisters thank you very much (laughs) 
<laughs> that might not be the only time you hear that in this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know, I just, I, I actually love that these episodes are back to back because like, oh, it's all this relationship navigation and, and the gift it has been to watch myself navigate my relationship with my ex and in a co-parenting sort of situation and my own personal growth there. And then to back to back this with you. Mm-hmm. And even as we step off here, I like, I'm, you know, talking about feet, but now I'm going to talk about boobs and be like, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like the trip that you came here. Cause you've made such an effort to really stay in contact here and to travel to me when I have kids and, and you mm. are an amazing auntie without kids. And so you're like, okay, I'm coming to you. And that's, mm. it's hard for me to go places with all my children, but I felt like mm-hmm. it was years ago and I was we were sitting in the driveway and you had come and visit, visited me. And um, I was telling yeah. you about how I had thought about having a boob job. And I've shared about this in stories, you know, other times here on the podcast, but, um, mm-hmm. but I think I, I really feel like in my memory that it was that trip where we both shared something that was personal that was vulnerable. It was something that maybe perhaps the type Mm -hmm. of vein of thing that we did not share before that Mm -hmm. was the beginning of where we are today. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was not sure where you were going to go with the boob comment because we also have, we've had so many conversations about boobs over the years and I thought we were, you were going to talk, share about the time. And so therefore I will now share about the time because we, as sisters talking about boundary work and, and, and relationships and navigating those and which sometimes includes owning pieces, right. Of like, dude, I totally misstepped. And we've had mm-hmm. some of that with body, with body comments and, and boob comments and, mm-hmm. and, um, I'm going to own that, those pieces that like we, we have different bodies. And so not always has that been easy to navigate and, uh, but we've navigated it. And, um, I'm just thinking about boobs now. (laughs) Boobs are great. All the boobs. We both have great boobs. We've, there's some great boobs in these collective rooms right now. (laughs) And that was part of the call, but that was part of you. Like, and I go back to that moment of you talking about you know, considering getting a boob job. And that was part of that conversation was like seeing each other in our bodies and appreciating and rewriting some stories and maybe um, making some apologies or, you know, there were like, there are pieces in there because like, good God, as siblings, we come with so many years of history together. And as adults, sometimes it's interesting to refine yourself together and mm-hmm and navigate the relationship in a new place as new iterations of yourself. Absolutely. And, and even though we are siblings, the the situations that like our growing up situations with our parents Mm -hmm. and life situations are totally different. We're different human Mm -hmm. beings. And so, although we came from the same two people (laughs) as parents, like who shared a bed, (laughs) who shared a bed, who touched feet, Or I didn't touch feet rather hard boundary. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> we'll have to ask them. We'll get mom on the podcast. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna get dad on the podcast. That'd be oh, no, I'm saying you and me, we didn't touch me, but yes, who knows okay. what they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, carrying on, but yes. Um Yeah, I don't even know I where love, I'm going now. Oh, just, just like our differences. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, um, we are also here and like, even as a jumping point, like I have watched you have sex. You have been like mm. basically in the same room with me. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily watch me, but like you're, you're, you heard all the things. You I haven't watched you, things. but I've, I've heard you and the girl. <laughs> right. yes. We've been in the same, like, same place. <laughs> Get it mama. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've, we've taken, um, nude pictures of each other for each other. We've yes. like, um, and we're going to step into like looking at each other's pussy, looking at yes. each other's pussies. I want to make sure that word yes. came out right. Looking. Yes. Not licking, <laughs> but looking. Yes. Actually, I loved that moment. I just tell you, so quick side story. Um, Bonnie and I were in a little sister's getaway. She totally surprised me. PS still means the world to me that you did that. And we're in this gorgeous hotel room. Bonnie is taking naked photos. And all I hear is like a slip and a giggle in the bathroom. And I'm like, what is happening in there? And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to take naked pictures. And I was like, well, how about I come in and like, so you don't hurt yourself because I can take photos of you. And so then we end up swapping uh, the photographer role. And we we're standing there naked. And I loved that moment where we as sisters in these bodies that we both have done so much work in and uh, have found a lot of appreciation for. We're like standing there in our naked bodies. And like we had this moment of like, oh, hello, Vulva. Meet my vulva. Oh, hello. Well, we're like, like looking, we're looking in the mirror. We're like brushing our oh, teeth yeah. naked. <laughs> And so we're like, oh, that's what, that's what your pussy looks like. Okay. Like totally different than my pussy. And it was like, so normal though. <laughs> right. And it didn't feel yeah. weird. And, and then like, like, yeah. let's jump. Let's like, let's like go right to like, you know, a yeah. month and a half ago, like two months ago. So two months ago we yeah. were together and, um, our, our dear auntie, who's like, like just a couple years older than me has just had her, her first baby. And, um, so we went to, to celebrate this baby with her, um, with our auntie and her wife. And so Anna shows up and was like, I think there's something wrong with my bus. Like, will you look at it? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, and it, and the way that it doesn't, yeah. didn't even, it didn't feel awkward at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're just like, pull your pants down. And you're like, what are these bumps? like yeah. on, on me, like, does this look weird? Like, cause you can't, none of us, I mean, well, okay. I won't say none of us, maybe some circus <laughs> folks out there. Like you can get your head. What were like, you going right to say? Front. Oh, okay. okay. Your pussy, like your head right in front of your pussy. So you can really see what's <laughs> happening. Like it's hard. Even if you use a mirror, you're it's like, hard. I can't see it close enough. Yeah. And so to have somebody else that perhaps you trust to be like, what does this look like? And mm -hmm. so that you, you did that, like you were like, Hey, look at my pussy. And I was like, sweet, I'm in, let's do it. And I was like, huh. Thanks for checking out my puss. You're yes. welcome. Sisters. <laughs> Sisters. Sisters. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that, that was an incredibly, uh, what's the word I want to use? I almost want to say vulnerable and it was vulnerable, but it, 
there was an ease to it. So in that way, it wasn't like a hard vulnerable, but I just want to acknowledge like that you and I are in a place in our relationship where we can ask that of each other, which is really beautiful to me. And also it's beautiful that there was an ease to it, that I was seriously like, it felt really safe to just ask. And um, so, I mean, maybe this is a plug for those of you listening to like find the people in your life who can check out your pussy for bumps. If, yes. if needed, find, find your, find your pussy people. Um, but yeah, that was a, I mean, jumping back to that moment, um, we had a good conversation about what potentially was happening with my puss and, and all of that to say, this has been a really interesting year of my life, um, this year and we'll, we'll come back to the bumps, but, um, actually, no, we'll stay there for a sec. Um, after Bonnie checked out my puss, I was like, okay, there's something, there's something awry here. And, and not all of this to say like this year has been such an interesting year of navigating and learning what my pussy health looks like. And this is, this is a whole conversation of like, when something is awry, how does it feel? How does it look? What's the sensation? And which is so important to sexual health. And especially for people who love sex and enjoy being sexually active. The other part of that is knowing your personal health and what's going on in your body. And so that you can have that permission to play and to play safely and considerately of your partners. And so from that moment where we're in Utah, Bonnie has checked out my puss and I'm like, okay, something is amiss here that came up that brought up a lot of emotions because I mean, there's a lot of emotions around our sexual health and our pussies. And, um, but in that moment I was like, okay, this is going to be okay. And actually you told me that and you really witnessed me and saw me in that moment. And, uh, it turns out once I got home, I went to Planned Parenthood. Shout out to my incredible guy now at Planned Parenthood who has really helped me navigate a new world of uh, vaginal health this year. I went and saw her and it turns out that I have a skin infection called molluscum contagiosum, which uh, Bonnie and I lovingly refer to as molluscum contagiosum or something to that effect. Yes, because it sounds like a spell from Harry Potter. So if something has to be named something so long and be as, as uncomfortable. contagiosum. Molluscum contagiosum. <laughs> Yeah, I like and I, I like going up with it at the end, like molluscum contagiosum or like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like more fun to say. <laughs> and you know what? I've I've talked to so many people who have no idea what molluscum contagiosum is. And yeah. we have both had it. And so when I saw the yeah. bumps on you, I was like, this looks like it could be molluscum. And um I had it I had it, you know, the summer before my ex and I separated mm-hmm. and, um, I got it after probably like the worst sexual experience that I've had. Oh, fuck. That is really a, a really you know, bummer souvenir. That's a bummer but, souvenir is what that is. <laughs> but also like, also in that, like, it was kind of the experience where I was like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> where I was laughing at myself. And so then to like, get something from that feels appropriate in the way that I was like, not honoring myself. 
and mm. not saying, what do I really want and need here? What's actually fulfilling me? Um, I was feeling jealousy um, towards another person that I was seeing, you know, because we were it was open mm. marriage time as well. Mm-hmm. And I really want to be with this other person who is like hanging out with a different person. And I was like, oh, I want to be that person. And then I slept with this other person and we was like, <laughs> you know, and in this whole time also then having this conversation with my ex of like, what do we want to do with our relationship? So there was a lot. Yeah. And so I had gotten molluscum then. And um, so then looking at you, I was like, that's what it might be. And I think I feel really, I mean, this. I feel really grateful that I could show up for you because I have experienced that and having been, when that happened for me, I went to my gynecologist and I was like, what is on me? like, this feels, Mm -hmm. this is awkward. Um, this rash in your, in your crotch basically. Right. And she was like, you know, is this, um, is this herpes? Is this, you know, which is like, it's not that, but, and I had shared how like a year previous I had, I, I felt like I had a, an HSV too, like HSV breakout, um, Mm -hmm. for the first time in my life on my nipple and like, you know, maybe like three inches above, like my clit, like kind of on the top of my pussy. Mm -hmm. And I had never, and those weren't tested as positive for HSV too. And so she had blood test. So I found out that I had, I carried both HSV one and HSV two, and that I had molluscum contagiosum all at the same oh, time. Oh my God. That's so much. Whew, that's, that's a so lot much. to process. And also you, you are like not able to then have sex at the same time too. So it's like, Ooh, right. we're going right. to just so pause everything. I, right. Yeah. And I walked out the door, you know, and she was just, I was like, well, what do I do? She's like, well, there's nothing to treat it. So it's just going to like, like don't have sex. It might take four to six months to clear and kind of good luck. And I was like, what? And, you know, thinking about after the fact, I'm like, what the hell? Like that was terrible. She knows that I'm open marriage. She's knows that like sex is like a whole thing for me. She like, you know, I'm going in being like, Hey, give me the yeast infection medication, please. Cause all these, all these new pieces are like, Oh my God. The fucking pH. (laughs) Yes. You start messing with the pH and shit gets crazy. (laughs) Right. So, you know, then I went to, to Google and I was like okay this cannot be I can just not have sex for like six months like this is ridiculous and you know and then on top of this all this emotional stuff is happening for me relational things and so I found like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link I'm gonna put an Amazon link in the show notes Amazon link stuff I used yeah (laughs) just because it took me two two months for it to clear yeah can we talk a little bit about what it is because, oh, yes, and I yes. said, I said really briefly, I mean, we've said our little Harry Potter moment, which I has brought me a lot of joy. Um, and we've referred to it, it is a skin infection. So for those of you listening, um, it, because it's a skin infection and can be transmitted sexually, it is considered an STI. Um, this but is only, also though, but, but only, only between only for adults, because this is also an infection that is like common amongst kiddos that are, is just like transferred at, at preschools or in kindergarten or whatnot. So it's, it's really, um, it sounds scary, but it's not so scary more than anything. It's just an obnoxious little skin infection. And, um, it looks like actually when I first saw a couple spots, I thought they were ingrown hairs and, so I was like, oh, this is interesting. Or like a little pussy zit, which who doesn't get a little 
post that from time to time. I mean, I definitely do. And so I was like, okay, this is either an ingrown hair or pussies it. Either way, like not to worry. And then so thinking that it was one of the two, I popped it. And this is something to know from Alaskam. Don't pop them because actually popping it can spread the um, infection. And so made that mistake early on, but I didn't know. So now I know. Um, and so it, it, it continued to spread and they were just these tiny bumps that just looked like little, um, just that, like either little zits or little ingrown hairs or little blisters, but teeny tiny. And, um, it was when they started to spread is that that's when I saw you. And I was like, something is, something's amiss here because this isn't just like one little spot. It's this spot has stayed for a while and now there's more. And that's when I went in and, um, I had a very different experience than you I'm sorry to hear about your experience and that like oh my god getting hit with all the HSV uh, diagnoses at the same time um my gyno was she has actually had it and so shared some personal experiences too with me when she was when we were talking and she was like, I want you to know you're gonna Google this and it might be terrifying. And so if you're listening and you're like, hey, I have some bumps, I might have molluscum, be aware that Google might, that sources might tell you that it'll take like one to two years to clear up. And there's nothing as terrifying as reading that and being and being a really sexually active person. And then you're like, wait, what? And I could share this with my partner. So therefore I don't wanna have sex because I don't wanna share it. But you're telling me that that's gonna be like a year or two. And, um, so keeping in mind that Bonnie, you were told how long? I was told four six to six months, months. Four to six, and it was cleared in two. Yeah. I but I got after like the putting the stuff on. I was like, I, I can't. I cannot do that. How often did you put it? How often were you applying? Two to three times a day at least. Okay, maybe I need to up my application because it's so the so I actually got um, this is something too. Your gyno didn't give you anything. She just sent you out the door and was like, it just has to run its course. Okay. There are options, my friends. A, um, I got a cream. I got a, um, a cream and we, we should also link this too. Cause there is an antibiotic that you could, a topical cream that you can apply. And again, it's not like, it's a virus. Um, so it, it has it's a to virus. Run. It has uh, to run it, its course, but you yeah. can, there are products that help move it along more quickly. So one is a cream and I'm forgetting the name of it, but that was the one that I got a prescription for. And then the other one you sent me, Bonnie, and that one is awesome. That's the Zio something. It's, it's, I think on it, it says it treats mollusk and contagios. I mean, it has yeah. different, it's kind of naturopathic sort of thing with a bunch yes. of, it has iodine in it too, though. So there, there is, I don't know. There's like a whole bunch of different things. And I just went on Amazon too. And there's so many reviews for this product yeah. that are either like parents of small children or adults who are sexually active. <laughs> They're like all given to this product. And I was like, sign me up, yeah. give it to me because the bumps themselves too are yeah. like kind of itchy. And they're mm-hmm. kind of a little bit painful, but you know, yes. and then the stages as they clear up, it becomes more flaky. It's less itchy. It's less painful. Um, yeah. So those being like symptoms, I guess we've talked about, but like, let's talk about, I mean, yeah, I was diagnosed with HSV and molluscum at the same time and like talking about HSV and navigating that. Cause that's like an ongoing, that doesn't leave me. Yeah. Um, so that's like another conversation, but the diagnosis of molluscum 
made me feel and and truly like the word i mean this is the this is the problem of being like oh i'm clean oh are you yeah, dirty i hate right? that and, yeah mm-hmm. and that's like not the the appropriate way to be like to talk about sexual health like instead of saying oh i'm clean be like hey the last time i was tested was this yeah. and this was the results of my test and like having that mm-hmm. conversation and not just not using the word clean or dirty yeah. but i will say that in this time for me i felt dirty Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't touch myself. I felt like, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. if I use my hand to wash myself, then is my hand going to carry the infection? Does my hand get infected? Do I like spread it more to myself? Cause it goes on the inside of your legs. It goes, you know, so I felt like I couldn't touch myself. You know, you you have separate towels like in, and you can't, this is my reality right now. This yeah, is my so reality. Still yeah. And this is, I'm why, still like, in it. And I'm so glad <laughs> oh that my you God, said I'm yes to it. like <laughs> talking about this because I think you being in it and not just talking <sighs> about it to past tense, like there's such emotion yeah. in this. And I know for me, like HSV, yes, I have to continually navigate that. And I've like, there's some, some things with that, that are, have been really helpful, but this was the thing more than HSV that I was like, I can't touch myself. Like I can't be with people. I don't feel sexy. I don't like, how do I, Mm. how do I exist in this space? And so I would love to hear about your process with that. And also kind of with the ad that both of us, I mean, people Mm. who have been listening to this podcast for a second, both of us grew up as Mormon girls and good Mormon girls sisters, (laughs) and not sexually active when we were young and both got married young. Mm -hmm. Both are now divorced. Both, um, are, have found ourselves in sexuality and in our sensuality when, Mm -hmm. and in the many ways that expresses, but how sex has played a piece too in us finding Mm -hmm. ourselves. And perhaps will you share about your process then of, of, of like that emotional side with all those pieces? Yeah, I I would love to. First, I just need to take a breath because Mm -hmm. I am still in it and um, you sharing about how you felt while you were in it feels real. I mean, it's real. It's, it's really real over here on the side. And um, so hearing like the two parts there of, and to me, it's all kind of one, right. The emotional piece of, of, of the body and, and the sensuality, like, absolutely. I'm, I'm so game to talk about all of that. I think for me, you know, hearing you talk about like that awareness piece of touching your body and whew, I'm just feeling all the emotions about this because it is, because molluscum is so contagious. Um, there's a lot of awareness that has to go into the treatment of it. And from like, okay, I'm going to use a towel for this part of my body. And then I'm going to use this towel for my pussy. And, oh, I'm going on this trip with a friend. We're going to share a bed. I don't want to share molluscum with her. So I need to make sure that I'm wearing underwear 
at all times in bed where normally I would just like sleep naked with my girlfriends or I need to make sure that they don't accidentally touch my towel or use my towel or, um, you know, I had a lover over recently and he was about to crawl on my sheets and he said to me, he was like, Anna, oh, this is hard. This is, it's, it is, it's, yeah, it's so many things But he was like, I hate to even ask this, but can I climb in the sheets? Or, and, and I don't want to say dirty, right. But he's like, all right. And he didn't say dirty. He's been so, this, this particular person has been so loving and, and kind, which I so appreciate. Um, but even, you know, that moment where you're like, oh, well, that's a mood killer. It's <laughs> just like, can I climb in your sheets? Or is there mollusca in your sheets? And could I get the skin infection? And so like, there are, there, the amount of awareness of touch around an area of my body that I have worked so hard to own and feel free in, which now is so covered. That's the piece that's hard about molestum because this, I, as Bonnie has just shared, like this has been a year of navigation for me, divorcing and, and exploring new sexual partners. And, and now <laughs> with that different, you know, UTIs and yeast infections and now molluscum, it, it's, it's all new. And, and in this way, I, I think I actually shared this with you the other day. I feel like this is a different iteration of my body and of my own sexual health. And whereas earlier this year, I was really tapped into a sexual power and prowess. My puss has kind of been on timeout for a hot sec. And, you know, you even talking about you not feeling like you could touch yourself. That's actually been hard for me. It took me a while, um, post molluscum, um, uh, diagnosis. diagnosis. Yeah, I would guess I would say, uh, to feel like I could self-pleasure. And even now when I'm self-pleasuring, there's still that consciousness of like, which hand was I playing with? And actually, I don't even have to ask that because I'm aware of it. And it's like that, that is in my mind Mm -hmm. is, a different thing. It's a different thing. It changes the play. Um, and that's been hard. That's been hard. And I have to tell you, like, actually, um, you know, thinking about, uh, (laughs) thinking about being covered so much. I y'all, I like love being naked and I'm like, your person who's like, okay, we're all hanging out at the cabin. Are we ready to naked dance now? Let's naked run through the forest. Let's like, just like hang naked all the time. And so now to go to the shift place for me of like, oh, I need, if I'm with other people, I need to be covered. Like that's the different thing. And I remember actually just recently I had, um, uh, oh, <laughs> there we go. I was playing with a partner and, um, we ended up doing, so right now, like we, you know, you have to get creative when, when the partner is not able to penetrate or touch you, how do you still play together? And that is a whole thing to navigate. And so this evening we were enjoying some mutual masturbation. And in that moment, um, that was the first time I realized later, that was the first time I had actually taken my underwear off. And I had a lover look at me in a month and a half. And oh, 
And I didn't realize how important it was for me to feel fully, to not feel, to feel and be fully seen. And there was this moment where he was like, oh my God, you are so beautiful. And you're like, your world is so beautiful. And I honestly almost started weeping because I've been holding so much around it. And let's just say it, it does not feel sexy to have molest them and to like have that conscious awareness of like, did I use this towel? Did I use this towel? I got to wash my hands. Oh, I got to do this. I got to now apply an ointment three times a day. Like it just doesn't feel sexy. And so then to navigate, like, how do I even, it's a yes. And like, yes, this is happening. And how do I find the ways to still tap into my sexuality, to still feel sexy, Mm -hmm. to still, um, tap into my pleasure in the midst of this. And, um, so I will just say like emotionally for me, I mean, Bonnie, you were there with me that weekend. And when you, I, w- I was feeling concerned that it was molluscum already. We had talked about, you had shared your molluscum experience with me. And so then when I was noticing that the bumps weren't going away, I was feeling some anxiety and fear that that's what it was. And then when you were like, I think it might be, I mean, a kudos to you for like saying it in the most gentle way possible, but you followed it up with like, (laughs) I mean, not surprisingly, the most amazing, like sexual cheerleading ever of like, this does not change. Anna, this does not change how sexy you are in the world. And this does not change your sensuality and you can still be sexy as fuck and have molluscum. And I have needed, hmm, I needed to remember that because um, I'm, I am a very sexual, passionate person. I am a, a really sensual person, person, and I've worked really hard to feel the full uh, permission of that sensuality and sexuality in my body. And so in that way, this has been really challenging that perspective of myself and um to that end, I just have to like throw some props out to the lovers in my life who have just been so um, kind. And uh, I did have that moment where I was like, oh, fuck, I got to call some people because I've had multiple partners in this period of time who uh, who knows where who I got it from. Or, but I also want to make sure that I'm not on the giving end of this either. And so I got to have that moment where I got to contact some people and let them know. And, and the way that I was met so graciously, um, I just uh, have a lot of appreciation for, and even one lover I shared that with, um, you know, told me that they had had a partner who had it uh, many years ago and they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. This is part of your experience, which I just, I'm like, ah, yes, more of this, more of this. Can we like, this is not something. And I think one of my hopes for anyone listening today who might be experiencing this, who might experience this in the future is like, this is not something to be ashamed about. Like we, you know, this happens. The stigma, and the stigma of an STI. The stigma, yeah. And, and that's why when like, when I first shared it with a lover, I was like, technically it's an STI, but technically also kids can get it, right? It's like this scary thing. And also it has this like mm-hmm. terrifying name and all the things, but I just have been so grateful for the love that I've been met with in it. And um, 
you know, I think it is an interesting invitation then uh, to explore play in a different way. And I've thrown out like mutual masturbation has been awesome. Um, I mean, there's, there's still things, still many ways to play, but it, it has taken me a little bit to feel, um, to feel good in, in that play. And, and even still, I think, you know, that moment recently when I was fully naked without underwear on playing together, um, I realized I was like, oh, coming out of this, it might be interesting. Not that I want to project on my future self, but, you know, to go from a, a period of time where you're so conscious and so covered to transitioning out of it, because I, while I am still in it, I think, fingers crossed my friends that I'm over the hump. Um, I have more healing spots than new spots, which is good. And P.S. The healing process is not cute um, as well. It's, it's I'm just going to say this, like for a spot to heal, it like pushes out this little head. You don't pick the head once again. And then it like scabs over. Then it like recesses into a dark spot and then it finally fades away. It's like a whole life cycle of the molluscum spots. It's not cute. Um, but I'm just going to talk to my puss for a hot sec, even though these spots aren't cute. You are beautiful. So it's a collective thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I fully answered all of your questions. No, this is, this is so good. (laughs) No, this is, this is perfect. And I I think too, this speaking to, I mean, I could say the amount of sex you, a person is having does not declare their sexiness. Right. And then I've had people be like, Oh, right. It's like the quality of the sex. I'm like, sure. But like, let's even take that off the table. Like if you are not having sex at this moment, that does not make you less sexy. No. Whether that no. is a choice that you are making or a choice you do not have at this time mm-hmm. to have sex, um, your sexiness is not taken away from you. And, you know, in our conversation around sensuality and around mm-hmm. like being lit up about what you're doing, being turned on by what you're doing is part of you being sensual, being erotic, being like a yeah. sensual, sexy self is not dependent on you having sex yeah Um, or on you too yeah I think even or on you coming and this Mm -hmm. is something that you know as I'm exploring uh sex through molluscum with partners you know sometimes it looks sex looks different you know I have really equitable partners and um uh especially a primary partner right now who is so equitable. And at first it was really hard for him. He's like, this doesn't feel equal, actually. Like, I can't touch you. I can't penetrate you. Like, so therefore I don't want to have sex at all. And for me, I was like, that's not for me. Like, it's going to look different right now. And I'd rather play and it look different than not at all. And so I think remembering that too, that like, there's so many ways that it can look and that, and to that central piece, like sometimes that play doesn't have to be penetrative, right? Like let's just touch each other's bodies. And that was something too, for a while, it's like, okay, so if we're not going to play, like, how can we still, let me clarify, if we're not going to have penetrative sex, how can we still play? How can we touch and be sensual? And can I just say, 
I have had some of the sexiest makeout sessions lately that I'm like, oh, okay, let's do more of this. Okay. More making out with clothes oh. on and like, oh, until you take oh my off. God, right? Until your pants and are wet. You're like, okay, fine. Oh my <laughs> God, right? Like, there's so many, like, okay, let's, because mm-hmm. then it changes it, right? Like, if we know that like penetration isn't an option, we're going to slow down and maybe explore other things. So this is maybe, maybe this is a permission to, <laughs> if you don't have a lust gum, to try, ex- try experimenting with like not racing to penetration and like slowing it down and finding other ways to play in sensual ways. And I think for me though, that touch piece, like when, you know, in this navigation space of like, okay, what does, what does sex mean now? How, what does pleasure mean now? How can I still, um, how can I still feel that pleasure? And even though it looks different and Mm -hmm. so I, for me, I found like body contact is so important right now. And I mean, I'm grateful that well, I mean, it makes oh, sense because it makes sense because you're like, okay, my pussy can't be touched, but please touch yes. the rest of my body. Yes. Like help me feel like I'm, I'm like worthy of touch, you know, that I wanted yes. in other ways. And so yes. to completely cut that off, you know, like there's going to be a oh. game around that. Right. To be like, Oh my God. But like allowing yes. that still to exist. Um, yeah. Is going to be well, an important time. I'll tell you, I typically have a little bit of a chest breakout right before my period. And when I first got diagnosed with molluscum, the first period I had when my chest broke out, I was like, oh my God, has molluscum not migrated to my chest? So, right. It's like, it like really gets in your head. So then I was like, can I be touched anywhere? Am I safe? Ooh, ooh, that question, Mm, that hit a chord, that question of like, can I where is it safe for me to be touched where I'm not going to infect someone? Yeah. And that to me is like the whole root of like the emotional challenge of molluscum. But I think too, that these types of conversations are what helps destigmatize it for you to even be able to say this. Right. And yeah. And perhaps it's not molluscum somebody has. Perhaps it's something. Else. Right. And yeah. and maybe it's not even an STI. Perhaps it's pain in some other sort of way. Perhaps it's something mm. to do with mental health. Perhaps yeah. it's like it can, whatever it is that's showing up for somebody to be like, I cannot be penetrated or I cannot be touched mm-hmm. this way, or I don't know if this feels good, that there are other options and even for your partner to say like, I don't know, for, for you to have that conversation where he's like, I don't feel like this is equitable. And for you to be like, but this is actually what feels good to me. And truly to be able to create a space for those conversations. And sometimes those are messy and those are super, and it's super vulnerable, right? Oh my God. It's so vulnerable. You're like, this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be talking about blisters on my pussy and the way they're oozing and the way you could get this. And, you know, whether it's that or anything else, right. That that we have to have those conversations and like, just mad props to you at this moment for reaching out to those people that you, um, have played with right and be able to like, mm. initiate those conversations because even that the vulnerability of that to be like hey i found out something about myself and i yeah. want to protect you and so yes. 
it makes me think about jujitsu. So okay, my, my kids, my kids <laughs> were practicing jujitsu for a while, and I loved watching it because I think coming from my yoga side and strength training. Side, oh and yeah, it has like such. It's like it's like this combo, but one of the things that that jujitsu studio really talked about with these kids was that you know, at the end, like the, the appreciation for the partner, like they cannot mm. do the thing without the other person there. And mm. so they are only able to show up because they have somebody to fight against, right? They only yeah. have somebody else to wrestle with. And so yeah. this appreciation and gratitude and acknowledgement of the person that's sparring with them is a big piece of jujitsu. And so in the same way of like, okay, we're here. Like we have, like, there is mm -hmm. a hope that we find that everybody like truly, I'm like, this is, this is my mission here <laughs> that we that mm -hmm. finds like this freedom to move and be their, their, their sexual self, whatever the hell that means. And to keep exploring, yeah. asking questions that way. And that, that is hopefully also including the acknowledgement that you cannot do that alone. Yeah. If you're going to, I mean, sure, self-pleasure and self, yes, but also like, like how do we also honor other people in our lives, even if it's one night, right? And also mm. like show up in, in gratitude. And that part of that is these types of conversation where you say, hey, the last time I got tested was, and like, yeah. this is where I'm at. And this doesn't feel equitable, but actually this does. And yeah, like, you can't touch me here, but like, could you please fuck my armpit? Because I think- really <laughs> Wait, I just heard about this. It's called bagpiping. Have you heard bag this? Bagpiping? Bagpiping, sucking armpits. Is that why mom likes bagpipes so much? <laughs> Our mom really does like bagpipes. <laughs> I also, I mean, I also heard that there's been a crowds outbreak at BYU, Brigham Young University, where we went to school in our Mormon days. And the crabs outbreak is in the armpit. Oh, hey. <gasps> Okay, there we go. Armpit sex. I mean, now I just like, now I'm going to try to envision like a pussy trying to rub up against an armpit, not just a dick in the armpit. Like maybe. It, so maybe is it like an sad. armpit scissoring situation? You're yeah. like grinding on an yeah. armpit? You know, I could probably get off on an armpit. Yeah. Although I mean, they're not really edged. Nice. I mean, you'd have no, to. No, like... I'd rather a knee. Give me a knee, not an armpit. I, I mean, I'd rather <laughs> a thigh. Like I've, I've done it on somebody's abs. True. That's like, you can like. You've come up on abs. Those yeah. are some solid abs. You need a little edge. It's <laughs> like, it's like an ab workout for that person. Cause they have to keep flexing the whole time. Hold it. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Uh, amazing. I mean, from <laughs> but even, but even that, like, I remember the first time I was rubbing, I mean, and truly within the last couple of years. Right. So like that, I was like riding somebody's thigh and this partner being like, Ooh, I like this. And for me, like this felt good, but like, that's yeah. not like, uh, I'm going to put this as like in air quotes, like that, that's not what you do. Right. Do you just like, ride your pussy on somebody's leg and like that they like yeah. that and so oh. <laughs> for me in this moment to do that and to get this response to be like oh okay so I could just do that I mean 
making out with my boyfriend in high school, like for sure. I was like, you know, doing that, Ooh, but, yeah. um, but for that to be with a partner or to actually be talked about and have that be a way that's, um, that pleasure could, could be existing. Right. And, and be encouraged. Mm-hmm. And for somebody to be like, yes, please like ride my thigh. If you want to ride my thigh or my abs, whatever. Honestly, <laughs> <So> armpits. <laughs> you're, I mean, honestly though, this is why I love talking to you about sex bonding. It's like, there is like zero shame when you and I share experiences and it's so just like play of like, even this conversation of like, Oh, that's a fun idea. Oh, what about this? Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, and the fact that like you have literally seen me having sex in the middle of a sex club, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, we, we have this like I mean, comfort I in our relationship you. and I love this. I was with you when you had a first drink of alcohol. I was with you when I took you to the sex club for the first time. I was with you when you got your nose pierced. I mean, so many firsts. Sisters. Sisters. And we've talked about like the types of sexual shenanigans we could get into as sisters. So, oh, you know, there's things. But there's I would things. like to go back yes. to the armpit for just one sec because I oh, do see okay. one problem with it. Okay. And that is like, you'd really like the person would almost have to like really extend it back for the armpit to pop up enough. Otherwise it's a divot. You know what I just imagined? No, here's what I, I, how I think it would have to work. Also, I think we're going to have to try this. So I think they'd have to be like laying on their side. So instead of like laying on your back where there's a divot, it's like, if you think about you're laying on your side, it then like protrudes almost like the side of the shoulder. So you're getting like, so the side the of the pit it's like the scapulas combined with the pit and then you'd have okay. like a an a, a a ledge to ride okay so some of the like just the muscles the shoulder so you're just rubbing the shoulder girdle the outer side of the shoulder plus armpit so um, in the like, co- <laughs> please return and report <laughs> how did um, your armpit riding situations go we we need to know <laughs> I mean, like it's gonna totally work. Oh. You know, just don't dislocate anybody's arm. Like, oh my god, oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, oh yeah, all the things. Okay. <laughs> we went from acknowledging partners to bagpiping. This is amazing. Bagpiping and crabs breaking out in BYU. Oh my god. No, like circling back to partners. I think that um. um I truly, I was talking to some friends recently and, and they were talking about different sexual experiences and, and, and something that was interesting for me is that came up from that conversation was re- this realization that I, like, we, sometimes we have a lot of language around like, oh, that was a, a, that was a bad fuck or like, what was the worst, you know, whatever. And to me, I'm like, no, like every encounter I've had to me is a gift. And I am, you know, thinking of this, of the way that we've been met, like sometimes we're not met well, but that in itself is a gift because we learn from that. And so for me, thinking about different partners through this year, I am really tremendously grateful for every person who has shared time and their body and sensuality and played and and shared their playtime with me. Um, because there's been so much learning in it. And are there people who I wouldn't probably spend more playtime with? Yeah. And there's learning in that. And earlier you, you talked about the period of time where you 
um, found out about Moleskum and, and HSV and everything all at once. And now you were coming, how it was maybe not the greatest play situation. And you're like, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And that was like an invitation to pause and reflect. And that's been something like, I think that's maybe been a gift of Moleskum because I do, I'm not like this eternal optimist or toxic optimist, but I do like to, to look for the little gifts in the hard situations. And I think for me, maybe a gift of Moleskum has been the permission to really slow down. And as a sexually active person who enjoys uh, trying new things and having new experiences, I really, it really has slowed me down in a lot of ways. Um, and I am coming off of a year of a, lot of a variety of different yeast infections and UTIs and, um, which even that has been a journey in like, because I had the same partner for so long through my marriage and then, you know, to swing another direction and be having various different partners. And even if you just have one partner, if you, if you switch condoms, you can get a UTI or yeast or a yeast infection rather. Um, cause again, back to like fucking with the pH man, the pussy pH, she does not mess around. And so learning how that feels in my body. And so when I, you know, when something's off, I'm, I'm learning my vaginal cues of like, okay, I need to like call and get a prescription or whatnot. But all of this to say, I've been on a journey of sexual health this year, and this is an interesting invitation to slow down and give my puss a moment to really, like, I feel like actually I've been thinking about like how interesting it is that this is mirroring the seasons for me. And I'm almost like, oh, my puss has gone into hibernation and <laughs> she was well fed. <laughs> Summer playtime, summer fire. <laughs> she, was, she was well fed, and now she's she's hunkering in her cave for a hot little sec, and um, still lots of uh, solo pleasure and creative pleasure, but a different type. And mm-hmm. um, it is like this interesting moment of time to navigate a different sexual yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you bringing the idea of the gift of Moloscum and what that is giving you. And I think that's, you know, one thing that we, meaning you and I kind of choose to look at the world as mm-hmm. and really try to look at be like, okay, this fucking sucks. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Just what I want. And-, <laughs> and the gift of this is, and I had I cannot remember who it was recently. A friend pointed out to me, maybe it was you. I don't think it was you, but I had a friend recently pointed out to me when I had molluscum and thinking about now, like the gift of molluscum for me was that was the timing that I was, that my ex and I were like, what are we doing? Like, do we want to stay married? Do we want to support each other in separation? Both are work. And mm-hmm. we can go either direction here and what feels mm-hmm. good. What, what serves both of us here. Mm-hmm. And if that was, that was a summer and, you know, I was in Montana with molluscum and like, I don't know, I just, mm-hmm. it was, it was just, you know, we were, we went to both like in-laws houses that summer. And both of us were like, yeah. we, when both of us were at those places, nobody else knew that we were having these conversations. But mm-hmm. like when I was at his parents house and when he was at you know with mm-hmm. my, my with our family whatever in montana mm-hmm. that 
We were like, this could be the last time that we're like in this space in this way. And we're having these conversations. And for me at that time to then get molluscum that I could not have any other partners. Right. So there was, there wasn't anybody else that I was seeing. And then I wasn't having sex with him, which I hadn't been for a little bit also. And then for us to not have like, like I literally like sex wasn't an option and you know, part of open marriage for me too, was like definitely exploring with sexual partners. And so the gift of molluscum at that moment that I can especially reflect back on right now is that there wasn't anybody else in the conversation of do I, should him and I stay together for my, for my distilling down of like where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to move. It wasn't about anybody else in my life. There wasn't about any other partner or sexual interaction or relationship. There wasn't anything. It was just him and I, and molluscum stripped that option for me. And, Mm -hmm. and now I, I look at that with a point of gratitude actually, because then it, I didn't have, I didn't have the busyness of the emotional processing of somebody else. I was like, just with me and just with him and having to navigate that. And Mm -hmm. I think that was a gift for me. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I, I can see that being in my own experience of it, because it it does, it, it redirects your priorities and in some ways and, um, I think for me, another gift, um, hmm, what do I want to share this? I think a gift is just, I am feeling really appreciative of the way that, especially my primary lover is showing up for me through this. And in that way, this is a gift and like a different edge to our relationship and um a gift in in showing ways of showing me ways the many ways in which we can be in relationship and cared for and um it's interesting when you take a lover (laughs) and then there's um that's like you know an open casual relationship but it has like that foundation of like okay we're lovers but if we can't do that then what are we and how do we still meet each other and do we want to meet each other and that's like an interesting experiment and I'm like it's back to that piece of like I'm grateful for the way that I'm being met and and like that is a gift and I think for me too it is a gift and it's been a challenge certainly to find ways to feel sensual in my body but it's uh, been a good reminder to me that I I'm a sexy, strong, sensual being, regardless of how I can have sex mm-hmm. and regardless of what sex looks like. And for me, that can be, you know, movement is such a powerful thing in my world and dancing is such a powerful thing for me. And there are even some days where I've just had to like really get down and feel really sexy in my movement. And that has been like a gift in expression knowing that, okay, I, I, my body might not be able to interact in some ways, but it can, it can still do other things that bring me immense pleasure. So reminding myself that there are many ways 
to experience pleasure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. This year, you have separated from your marriage. It began the year, the first quarter of the year, that marriage of how many years? Uh, almost 13. Almost 13. And then you jumped into exploring partnerships and what it meant to be a sexual human. And mm -hmm. now you're ending this last quarter. I mean, like I, there are very few words for the, the in between that it's actually a lot, but just like as like an, a very overview of a 13 year marriage mm -hmm. and growing up Mormon and mm -hmm. And having your first place for the first time in your adult life, having mm -hmm. two first places, <laughs> my own place, yeah, or three or three first places if we count your van. Y'all, that's another podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, and then to end this year, you know, like then navigating Moloscom too, and and what does relationship look like here, and and what does lovership look like? And this has mm. been such a year that has been a privilege to witness you, mm. and to watch the way that you have grown, and to listen to you process and and figure out what the hell it is you want or why you want it and being like, I have no fucking idea. Like I'm just <laughs> one foot after the other but in all of this, this year looks different than any other year ever. Yeah. And how has you exploring your sexual self influenced you <clears throat> in how you show up in situations that perhaps are not there for sexual play, if that makes sense, like with a partner, with that type. How does the sexual play that you have allowed yourself to dive into with other partners, allowing this flirty side, the sensual mm -hmm. side to take more room to be more front and center, to help you stand up and own the shit out of it? How has that influenced you in other ways? Hmm. That is a really thoughtful question. Um, let me think on that for a moment. I, I think what's coming for me is the word that's coming is permission. And <laughs> my mind is running through a spectrum of fun memories right now and all of these different play situations that I've experienced which <laughs> are a delightful rainbow of things um I think about every you know there's that moment when you're experiencing something new and I'm 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 painting a picture for y'all right now. I'm, I'm closing my eyes. I'm feeling this in my body. There's this moment, right? When you're like, this is new. It feels maybe, is it scary? Or is it just like a little bit exciting? It's maybe a little bit of both. And is it a yes? Yep. It's a yes in my body. Okay, let's do this. Here we go, ladies. We're strapping in. I mean, 
depending on the experience. Right. But like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's in those moments to me, that's like where growth happens. So there's like, there's been a confidence for me that has come this year. That's different than, um, the confidence that I felt in my body and my sexuality before. So that is definitely different. And that carries with me. There is, um, Wait, I want to hear more about this. I want to hear more about confidence. Like about why, confidence? Why confidence? Why confidence? Um, okay, quick story time. I remember the first lover that I had post-ex-husband. And um, I had this moment where I was fucking terrified, y'all. Because remember, growing up Mormon, very abstinent and that well, I don't know if you can be very abstinent you're just abstinent and then, <laughs> um and then uh you know having one sexual partner for so long and then leaving that relationship I I almost had to like remember that all of my sexual learning still was with me right it's like and I remember as I was uh, pivoting into a very new way of living, right? And and being the single woman, having a different freedom to play, being single, not Mormon, and living alone for the first time in my life, like the permission was just different. And, um, but I remember this moment where I was like, oh, I know how to do this. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and actually, I feel like it's more like, oh, I know how to that's how I, it was like that knowing was like oh okay you were nervous I'm, about stepping into this first experience I was nervous I was a little bit nervous about stepping into it and so I think like for me the confidence that in in owning that my sexuality and owning my yeses of I'm saying yes to the situation I know my body I know what pleasure is like in my body I'm I'm continually uh, strengthening my muscle of how of how to communicate within pleasure and communicate with partners through pleasure. I'm like such a communicative lover. And to me that like, I truly believe that if two people show up in a room with a lot of trust and respect for each other and an ability to communicate, anyone could have fun playing. Like, I really believe that. And Mm -hmm. um, to me, there's a certain amount of confidence in that, right? Of like knowing, oh, I know myself. I know. And I think actually this is part of it. It's not just about sexually knowing myself. It is like the, you know, the daily work of working to know Anna and to communicate that in the world um, from sexual lover to clients in my business to ways of like being on the dance floor and telling myself, I want to, oh God, wouldn't it be fun to like dance X big? Okay, let's dance that big. I have the body confidence to do that. Oh, I, you know, I'm feeling, I'm like loving this with this lover, but you know, if we do this, I really love this. So I have the confidence, like learning to practice that confidence of like communicating that. I think it you know, when we practice things in private, the way that that weaves into the rest of our life is almost immeasurable. But I have seen that in this year for me of like, 
And I think it's back to like stepping into places of pleasure. And actually we've come full circle, Bonnie, of like, what are those things that light you up sexually and professionally? And like that same like feeling in your body is across experiences. It's across sexual experiences. It's across professional experiences. It's across like, just that like big feeling in the world of like, oh, this shit lights me up. And I think um, for me in that space of giving myself permission to play, permission to say the damn things that will bring me pleasure or the things that don't bring me pleasure, right? Because that's part of it too is like, you know, finding ways to communicate in loving ways with our lovers. Like that's a beautiful practice space for how to communicate in relationship in that can be, I mean, you might not be talking about the same things as other people in your life, but if we can have those conversations, what conversations can't we have? Like if we can literally talk to someone about like, hey, I have this highly contagious skin infection. I really want to play with you though. Are you willing to meet me here and explore other ways of playing? If we can have those types of conversations, what other conversations that maybe are scary can we find the courage to have elsewhere in our life? And so I think that's where it's translated for me is like finding the self-confidence and owning it, owning who I am, what I want, what I don't want. And that has been so much of this year is like giving myself permission to change. And that can change too, right? Like what we want changes. Mm -hmm. And so giving myself that permission has translated across, yeah, all of, I think all of the rest of my life. And um, I think also I, there is this piece of, in the confidence, right? When you're like, oh, yeah, I did that, right? And then where you're, it's like kind of fun where you're like, if I can like do that, what can't I do? And it's like, it's fun to play with those edges. And I think for me is this like feisty Aries who likes to play. It's like, oh yes, let's do more of that. Or let's play more of this. And like, and I, I think for me too, I've had a journey over the years of like really owning different kinks and desires and um, sexual fluidities and like, you know, tapping into like exploring those, like, I think it's, I think all of this is interconnected to this piece of like, when we are, when we let ourselves really be our like authentic selves in communication, in pleasure, in like in all of these areas of our lives, be it sex or, or elsewhere, like how you show up as in, let's refer to our relationship right here. Like that moment when we, you know, are talking about our boobs in the car, right? When we show up as like our authentic selves and we give ourselves permission to like show up unapologetically, because that's really what this is about. Like, let's talk about like sex. Like we are literally naked, naked. And in some cases, naked with molluscum. And you're like, hey, bitches, here I am let's love on each other. That's vulnerable shit. And like letting yourself be seen. And when we can do that in those really vulnerable situations, like what can't we do? Mm. That's Mm. my takeaway. Mm. There were so many good gems there. And truly going back to this permission piece, I think I think that's it. Um, there was this woman who is a 
who's a sex educator who I'm always finding new sex educators on Instagram. I, I don't even remember what, Same. what her handle is <laughs> or whatever, but um, I read a prompt of hers on the gram the other day. And she's like, what is something wicked? like think about something wicked that you're like, Ooh, that can't, I can't think about that. Or I can't say that, or I can't write about that. Or I can't say I need that or whatever it is, but like in air quotes, wicked, right? Like that can mean a lot of different things for, for all of us, but what's a wicked idea or a thought and the permission that we might give or not give ourselves to play in Mm -hmm in new spaces. And I think play is such a big piece of finding your sensuality and giving yourself permission. I think play and Mm -hmm. permission, like those are, it's, it's the same, like it's a sandwich there together. And, and exactly like you say, like how it's related to your professional life and where you're like, Ooh, I know exactly what I'm doing actually. Like maybe I've had one lover, but I've had a lot of practice with that lover and I know how Mm -hmm. to do this. Right. So then you Mm -hmm. go and you're like, actually, I know some shit. And, Mm -hmm. and these kind of situations where we can put ourselves in them and we can play and experiment, Mm -hmm. right? Like give yourself permission to like change and, and wiggle and like shift and be like, I don't have to stay as one thing. Uh, I like this word wicked here though. Like what's a wicked thing that maybe you can like be noodling on this. I know, I know. So I keep thinking about it, but I just, I, I feel like for me as well, and in my continual evolution of self and of sexual self and of how I want to show up in the world and how I, and like, and a sense of confidence or I just like, I have a lot of, of people. So like, I, I'm, there's like this, the self part that I'm talking about, but I also, in my coaching of a lot of of individuals, and I really work with a lot of yoga teachers and people who are like, I, like I'm feeling hollow. I'm feeling Mm. uninspired. I'm feeling Mm. burnt out. And that being across the board, it doesn't matter if you're a yoga teacher or not. Like that is, Mm -hmm. that's a feeling (laughs) that Mm -hmm. people have. (laughs) And, and how is it that we begin to tap into not that? Mm-hmm. And even knowing that we can say like, okay, I don't know what it is I want, but not that like, that's already like a giant win. So like just props yeah. to anyone who are, who can identify and be like, I don't know what it is, but not that like props, like yeah. you're doing good. And then like, like the invitation that I think for any of us then is like, okay, if we, if we know and not that, then we have to give ourselves permission to do something else. Yes. Right. Where else can we play so that, because there's some areas in our lives where like, maybe you make a mean quiche. I love that. Right. Like maybe you like in the kitchen and you're like, oh, you just wait, you just wait until you eat my quiche and nobody else's quiche is going to like stand up to mine. Like bring it, bring it. Right. And maybe in your professional life, you're like, I'm dying. I'm literally dying. I hate this. I'm like, is this heavy shit? I'm so done. I'm like wasted. But then you go to the mm-hmm. kitchen and you're like, but eat my quiche, y'all. Like mm-hmm. eat my quiche, bitches. And I so, literally, that phrase just came to mind. <laughs> right. So like in somewhere in your life, for any of us, we have a quiche. Like where, mm-hmm. what is your quiche that you're like, 
hell yes. And that feeling of that, like, like slowing down enough to recognize the feeling of confidence you have in your quiche making skills and in how good that is. And in like the ability that you have to show up to be like, oh yeah. And then how do we start to translate that into these other spaces and to stand up just the same way stand up when we're offering our quiche to somebody who's like, oh, who's you're like, okay, we'll bring it because this is my quiche, right? And I think that we can channel that energy that we have yeah. from those other places in our life where we have a stand on something and yeah. it can be as small or as big <laughs> as a quiche. Yeah. You know, I think you're right though, Bonnie. Like you just said something about like, for those folks who are acknowledging like the not this, I mean, I had a huge not this earlier this year, right? And I didn't know where I wanted to step next in my life, but I knew like not this relationship and that like that acknowledgement, like, holy fuck, that's a big, and not just in my experience, but for anyone, when you're like, actually not this, that is, I I read this on Instagram recently. Someone did a post about this and just acknowledging like the, the work that it takes to even acknowledge that. And something that I have found for me is like in that next liminal space, which hello, still there. I mean, aren't we all, aren't we all just like trying to figure out day to day, like what what the fuck are we doing here? Um, But when you're, especially in those like raw liminal spaces where you're like, okay, truly, tangibly, how do I move forward? How do I make a change? How do I give myself like, permission to make a change and or like maybe I've given myself permission but like technically how do I do this um you know thinking about this like creative center in our bodies that is like connected to sexuality that is connected to creativity like that those those juices are all connected and so maybe it's not you know through a sexual kink maybe you're right like it is through a quiche or like when you find yourself in those spots of like not this but I don't know what else like yeah, maybe it's exploring something sexually. And I've had so many conversations with people who are like, I want to branch out sexually with my partner, but I don't even know how or where to start. And, and so it could be in that situation where it could be like in, in another where it's like, okay, what do you experiment with? What, is there a class you want to take a creative class you want to take? Do you want to, I mean, I just took my first pole dancing class the other day, intro to pole. It felt, I let me tell you, major beginner over here. It felt like I was just on a playground. I was a small child, not a sexy stripper. It was, it was a small child moment for me and it was delightful. I had so much fun, but it was this like, you know, it threw me into the beginner space, uh, which to me is like, it's a space that's an invitation for creativity of like, Ooh, did this resonate? Is, is this something I want to lean into? Is there a new quiche recipe I want to lean to, into? Or is that with a lover of like, could you lick my ear? Like, show me to try that or ride my armpit. (laughs) 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 Right. It's Uh all like when we find ourselves stuck, like I think those moments of time are like, it's really important for us to just nourish and nurture the hell out of ourselves. That's when like, we go into full like self-parenting mode. You got like, that's the daily meditation, walks, drinking your water, eat, taking your vitamins, do your things, do your care things. And then where are the spaces that you can invite yourself to try new things and give yourself permission to change? Um, mm. 
because I love there's actually you wrote a newsletter a while back that was if you want something different you have to choose something different and I literally if you don't if y'all aren't signed up for Bonnie's newsletter please do yourself the greatest gift in life and sign up for her newsletter because I actually frequently don't delete her newsletters from my inbox because her subject lines are so bomb with life quotes that actually like this is why I don't delete them because I just like Mm. need little Bonnie bombs in my inbox so that when I go and (laughs) Bonnie bombs in my inbox and like they're these little like you like I could I know what the email is reads right and I could go back and read the email but it's more like for the subject line I like need that little like Bonnie bomb in my inbox so that every time I'm in there I'm like I want something different I gotta do something different I gotta choose something different be that in the bedroom in the boardroom in the kitchen whatever yeah Mm, thank you for sharing that I wrote down Bonnie bombs no (laughs) I like it yeah Oh, I think you're right. It is that learning, you know, being willing to put yourself in a different space. And maybe that's like to go back to word wicked. Maybe that's wicked. Maybe that's, Mm. I mean, if if I go to yoga and talking to people and teachers about how to sequence and helping them break out of sun salutations and be like, it doesn't have to be like, like what you've learned. It can be something different. You can create actually something here and I'll give you a framework of Mm. how to do that. And, and maybe that looks quote unquote wicked to somebody, but it breaks you open in a way where you're like, you unlock something in you. If you try something else that you're like, that's not me. I don't do that. And what if his story is that? Yeah. What if you did like, what did actually, what would change if you did do that? What would happen if you like switched why you're doing a thing and renamed it for yourself, but did the exact same thing? but mm-hmm. said you were doing it for a different reason. What does mm. that even do, right? And and how that confidence then lends itself to being able to stand in a room and be like, okay, as I, I really think it's about, it's about taking, like we both take and make space, all of us. Yeah. And within like a sexual encounter, right? Like, so we can talk about us individually being like, okay, I'm going to show up in the room and I'm not going to apologize for how I'm showing up in the room. Okay. So I am taking space in that way, but I have, I have zero interest in doing that to the detriment of others. So I'm going to show up and take the space and own the hell out of who I am. But that, that doesn't mean that I am not wanting other people to do the same, like come at me. Oh yeah. And, and like, then it's making this space. And I, I think like you do such an excellent job of this, Anna, where you're like, hello, party people. Like, I'm going to shake it. I'm going to like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be big here y'alls. And you do that. But like the way that then like, you'll start talking to somebody and then you're like, you're like, okay, more, more. Okay. okay give me more. Like here, keep on coming, mm-hmm. keep on coming and, and lift up, lift up, lift up. And the way that you do that. And I think it is that play of like, I'm not here showing up to be the number one. I'm just showing up to be me and to be like, to give myself the permission to show up and take up space and to stand up tall in the room. Like literally the posture, like posture yourself, stand up a little bit taller, the string in the Mm -hmm. top of your head, like literally just lift your chest up, stand taller. And I like, I really, I think yoga has 
taught me so much about, I mean, like, it sounds like stupid in a way, <laughs> like, like literally no. the way you stand or like, if you angle your head down versus like lift your chin up a little bit, like mm-hmm. just in the way you hold your body, mm-hmm. like that shifts you and being mm-hmm. willing to do that, but it's not to the detriment of others. It's also yeah. the invitation for others to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging. And yeah, no, I don't want to be on the dance floor by myself. <laughs> I want to empower everyone else to join me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I will be. I started, but. <laughs> well, but... I mean, you know how to shake it, just so you're mm-hmm. enjoyable to watch. <laughs> Well, thank you, baby. Sisters. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, no, I do, okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, oh, let's, let's go going? somewhere. Let's go somewhere. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where you're about to take me, but I'm not alone. <laughs> okay. Um, so we did have this moment. We did have this moment where we were talking about sisters and we loved the, 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 musical white Christmas where this song is sung and oh yeah we should have prefaced that at the beginning I know so watch white Christmas it's the season for it this is the song sisters so I grew up listening to musicals and Anna's like an incredible vocal artist so like kudos to you and my my opportunity to listen to you um but we did have a moment where we were talking about um we were talking about how between our exploration and enjoyment of sexual adventures, how we do think we could oh. probably give somebody a certain amount of pleasure with our tag oh. teaming. <laughs> quite the time. It would be quite the time. <laughs> and so so to, to say this even more clearly, I'm naked, Anna's naked. Yeah, I'm naked. I, Some, I love that you were saying our, this. And our idea is a dude, like that's what we've envisioned. A dude is naked and and we are giving him the best time of his life. Best time, sisters. <laughs> but I like how you had the conversation with your friend about this. Yes. No, we had like a full, I was telling them and, um, well, do you want me to just go right into it then? Well, okay. Thank you. Okay. You teed me up. So I was like telling them about this. And then I also proceeded to say, but I've already, we're back to boundaries. You with the toes. I was like, I've thought about this of like, what's my boundary with my sister during this time. And like, I've seen you naked. I've heard you have so many lovely orgasms. You've seen me like, it's like, we're very comfortable with each other. And I think that's my boundary is not, is they're with each other, bringing mutual pleasure, not necessarily not playing with each other. Yes. We're there to joint pleasure, a third party, not pleasure one another. Correct. Okay. I love that we've now said this. <laughs> this this is not- female, male, female, not female, female, male situation. I mean, it could be female, female, female. There's, there's many options, but that's true. But I think the lines could get blurry in that situation where like male bodied, I'm like, okay, this is like, we're yes. I don't know. I don't know. But it was hysterical though, because 
I like I was sharing this processing and it was a little bit unsolicited, but my friends know that I've just like, you know, if you're out at a wine day with me, we're probably going to talk about spirituality, sexuality, body transitions. I'm here for all of it. And, or like body movement and, or in mental health, like I'm here for all those conversations. And so they're not typically surprised when I just pull things randomly out of my pocket. So we're there at wine, I'm telling them something. And then I'm like, and by the way, I've already thought about this boundary with my sister. <laughs> It was so spectacular because they were like, oh, okay, Anna, we're glad that you've had <laughs> I mean, not everybody gets to have these conversations with their sister where they're like, would you, would you be in the same sexual, I mean, like, okay, so here's the question with, I mean, I think the phrase would still be like, would you have sex with your sister? But is that count as that if like okay let's 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 paint this picture you're writing you're writing you're writing you're writing a dick i'm writing his face we're not touching right is that still considered sex but like but like we're on the same person i mean I don't, I mean, it's, I not. think it would be inevitable that fluids would be swapped of some kind. <laughs> I mean, even if he's the carrier of the swapping of fluids, <laughs> I think, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that this is being recorded right now. Um, so we have not really put into like, this is not, this is not we're a bucket list item of mine. Yes. We're not asking for solicitations. We are still no. processing this. <laughs> This is not actually something that's on my bucket list. That's what it was. It's not on my bucket list, but it Ooh. has been an enjoyable conversation because it's funny and it's, it's funny. not something that I think all sisters are thinking about, but I think like this conversation though is beautiful to me because we can have it mm, and yeah. it doesn't matter that it's not going to happen. And yeah. It's just that like, we could playfully even talk about this and this is wicked. Mm. Right. Girl, I want to know, this is maybe a different uh, podcast, no but I would like to know what's on your bucket list. And I kind of want to dive into wicked more with you. Maybe not today, but maybe later. Um, but you've really got me noodling on that. I think also though, I'm like, first I have to break down, like when I think about wicked to me, it has like witchy connotations. And when we, when we think about the history of a witch, actually it was like so many women who just, I mean, there's the mystical part of it, which I do believe in a bit of magic in the world. But also I, like, really it was just women who wanted to do things differently, who were using like natural remedies, who were challenging like status quo is like yeah let's be a witch p.s have you heard that song the witch like i'm a woman in total control of myself Mm-mm. it's the acronym for which oh my god please go listen to this it's a fun okay. fancy one um but it makes me think of that so i'm like oh i think there are already wicked things like i mean especially oh good god growing up mormon <laughs> there's already wicked things darling <laughs> That's not a cackle. <laughs> I do feel like that could be a whole other podcast. Perhaps, perhaps I have you come back and we talk about our bucket list and we noodle on some wickedness that we would like to participate in. 
I love this idea. Okay. Round two. Round two coming up. We can we can share more about perhaps another sister adventure. Do we have we thought about another? Well, we'll we'll think about. We'll we'll talk about. That's for the wicked list. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, we have. We talked about doing a shibari class together. Oh yes. Yes. Which is the ropes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's (laughs) I mean. We're here for it. <laughs> um, I love that at the beginning of this podcast, right before we pressed record, you said, I hope that by sharing and um, by sharing your stories, that it is helpful to, for others to feel empowered and free in their bodies and unashamed in their exploration. And I just want to reflect to you that like you've shared a lot of things publicly in this that you have not talked about. And I think that's like the gift of this podcast. And I I love this space for these stories and that it isn't stuff that maybe is as broadcasted more than outside of wine dates with with girlfriends, Mm -hmm. but that it is these types of stories that continue to free us of the stories that perhaps we tell in our own heads of what we are worthy of saying or not saying or receiving or not receiving, you know, giving Mm -hmm. and receiving and that it helps us all myself included in hearing your stories of feeling like we have more permission, more permission to be free to move and to choose Mm -hmm. again. And and I think in this whole conversation about molluscum contagiosum <laughs> in the shame that can exist within yeah. SDIs and within sexual health and just navigating yep. that in like an owning your shit kind of way and just being like, not apologizing yeah. for it, just like owning it and having those conversations. And I just am really grateful for our connection and our, our friendship as much as our, our sisterhood. And thank yeah. you today. Thank you for giving exactly that intention that you set out for. Thank you, Bones. Thank you for having me on. And I too, I'm really tremendously grateful that we can have these conversations and support each other and show up for each other in all the things. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for having me. Sisters. Sisters. <laughs> okay, y'all, keep it sexy and uh, do something different and be maybe a little wicked. And let us know about the armpit test, armpit sex, please. Yes, like, we're really curious. <laughs> bag, bagpiping, <laughs> bagpiping. <laughs> Stay tuned for round two. <laughs> Thank you so much for getting your sexy on with me today. Hearing what you loved, what you learned, or what you're going to share with your lover makes me so damn happy. You can jump on my weekly Sexy Sunday email. You can find that link in the show notes and we can connect through there. And it would super turn me on if you left a rating and review about how much this podcast is giving you life. Until next time. Mwah.